The first reading is Psalm 146, which we're going to read antiphonally. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. As long as I have any being, I will sing praises to my God. Put not your trust in princes, nor in any human power, for there is no help in them. When their breath goes forth, they return to the earth. On that day, all their thoughts perish. Happy are those who have the God of Jacob for their help, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps his promises forever. Who gives justice to those that suffer wrong and bread to those who hunger. The Lord looses those that are bound. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the stranger in the land. He upholds the orphan and widow. But the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, throughout all generations. Alleluia. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on the journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the man with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, 
and gathered where I have no scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grant, Lord, that in our hearing and our responding to your word, we may join those who truly worship you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'd like a title, Our Money and the King of Heaven. Today's sermon is in verse 14 of Matthew 25, and it's the word it. Again, it will be like. And of course, we have to go back to verse 1 to work out what it is referring to. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like. And then the parable is told. There are three parables in chapter 25 of Matthew. One we had last week, one we'll have next week, and today, verse 14 following. The three have a common shape, and verse 19 gives us the heart of the matter. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The long time followed by a return. So for us who await our master's return, how do we find the kingdom way? How do we live it? And how do we become with Jesus the new kingdom people? So if the Bible Bible reading is about it, this week has been about, or perhaps is going to be about, money. The chancellor will give his statement. Children in need are raising money. There are problems with our benefit system, which prejudice the poor. The Brexit divorce bill is a looming problem, overshadowing our lives. And there have been two ecumenical reports this month. The first one from churches in the UK about the revision of gambling laws and from a conference in Switzerland um, whole discussion about faith consistent investment on the gambling laws to quote evidence shows that problem gambling causes harm to a disproportionate extent in disadvantaged areas and among ethnic minorities therefore as churches we want to see the government make a change to the current situation so Bible reading about the kingdom This week about money 
And the key verse, or the key word, therefore, from the reading is the word talent. A footnote to our Bible says, a talent was worth several hundred pounds. One commentator says, it perhaps represented half a lifetime's wages. So it's an enormous amount of money which is being given to these three servants. An enormous amount. And the question is, how do we cope with understanding our lives as recipients of an enormous amount of God's generosity? And therefore, what do we do with that generosity? Imagine yourself, if you will, as a contestant in Mastermind. You are sat in that chair, all eyes are upon you, and you hear the words, your specialist subject is the parables of Jesus. Question one, the famous parable of the talents. What does it tell us about life in the kingdom of heaven? As you momentarily consider how to answer, three possible answers flash through your mind. One, it's about tonight's confirmation service. Using the talent of the gospel to make more disciples. Two, it's about Matthew, the writer of this gospel, a new disciple, no longer the tax collector serving the Roman occupier, but using his skills and his business connections for King Jesus. Or three, it's about your money, the talent as a massive inheritance inviting you to invest well in all that God has given you. An evangelistic understanding, an everyday understanding, and an ethical understanding. Mastermind fades and you're back in church. If we take the idea from the commentator that this talent is half a lifetime's wages... If you're on the minimum wage, that will be approximately a quarter of a million pounds. If you're on something more, it'll be a lot more. And if you've got five talents, well, it's a million plus. What do you do with that as a member of the kingdom of God? Intriguingly, verse 15 doesn't tell us or doesn't give us any instructions about how to use what we're given, verse 15. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. He then went on his journey. He assumed that we would know what to do. And maybe as in the psalm, we are shown what God is like. God cares for the widow. He cares for the orphan. He cares for the downtrodden. He expects us to do the same. So likewise in the parable, We know about Jesus and the kingdom of heaven and we are assumed to follow in his footsteps. So God the king generously entrusts us with massive wealth, verse 14. Key word, entrusted. You have been entrusted by another with so much. That could be material wealth. And on a global scale, all of us are massively wealthy. Or it could be on a metaphorical scale. As Christians, we are massively blessed 
with many things in Christ. We have been entrusted by God the King. God the King invites us then to exercise appropriate risk. Faith and risk being overlapping ideas. Appropriate risk in how we use it. And the key phrase in verse 15 is about each according to his ability. You have a risk assessment ability about you. Some of us are more risk averse than others. God's made us that way, maybe. But we are to use our uh, inheritance wisely. And God the King looks for productive outcomes from our investment and gives warm commendation for good investment and shares his joy with us as he celebrates all the things that have been achieved and the opportunities that are yet to be achieved. Verse 23 and 25. Come and share your master's happiness. Now interestingly, uh, if you measure the number of verses, 54% of this story is about the one person who was unproductive and who made a poor investment. He was wicked and lazy, we're told in verse 26. He was ruled by fear, verse 27. And while not an atheist, above all, he was working with a totally misshapen view of God, the king, verse 26. Did you notice the question mark at the end of verse 26? Is that how you understood what I was like? Then you should have done that. I'm not like that, but if that's how you thought, even within your own logic you were wrong. You got it doubly wrong. But particularly you got it wrong because you misunderstood the generous grace of God who entrusts us lavishly with a massive inheritance and gives us the time to use it well. So no wonder, says Jesus, this man failed to live the risk of faith characteristic of the kingdom of heaven. He didn't fulfill the master's trust, verse 14. He failed to gain any profit for the master, verse 16. And he missed out on the happiness which the master shared with his servants, verse 21 and 23. So as you think about your money, yourself, your life at this stage in your life, Imagine on Monday morning a letter comes through the post which contains an inheritance. Maybe a quarter of a million, maybe half a million, maybe a million plus. How will you react to receiving that inheritance? And what does it say about who we are and how we are as God's people? Would it be a shock? And would you reach for a cup of tea? Or would you celebrate and reach for the champagne? Would you phone your financial advisor for a safe place to invest it because you're risk averse? Or would you contact your work consultant about implementing long dormant plans for your dream project? Would you change your basic values now that you're wealthy and adopt a new lifestyle? Or would you go to bed at the usual time and carry on in the footsteps of Jesus. This 500th anniversary of Martin Luther, we're thinking a lot about him 
And he once said, there are three conversions necessary for members of the kingdom of heaven. The heart, the mind, and the purse. And this parable of the kingdom of heaven asks us whether our pockets or our purses or our wallets are truly converted. Have we made the connection between the character of our God and our use of all his generous giving to us? It's not how much we have, of course, but recognizing that all we are and all we have is a trust to be used creatively for the king of heaven. So two stories to conclude. Last Monday in 1836, Charles Simeon died. He was converted to Christ as a student. He preached in Cambridge and many became disciples of the king of heaven. He prayerfully used his skills for the king of heaven, placing priests in parishes, sending missionaries all over the world. And he also handled money well. At a time when there was famine in the fens, he was the first one there with heaven's help for human need. Like his master's model, we could say that he combined the evangelistic, the everyday and the ethical aspects of service for the king. Charles Simeon was a great man. A couple of Christian business people were determined to help each other to be disciples of King Jesus. Inspired by this parable, they met once a year and opened to each other their books in God's sight. And they declared to each other the profits they'd made and they shared with each other the special projects they were doing to help others in their community. Maybe our Lord, when he comes, will say to Charles Simeon and to these two business friends, well done, enter the joy of your master. Verse 23, please God, I hope that you too will make happy the kingdom of heaven and share in his happiness. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. 